The Come Again podcast tackles emotionally triggering content and contains words like fuck, sperm, masturbation den, and beast with the two backs. Listener discretion is advised. right in the door just like you've done before and wrap my heart round your little finger here you come again and we are back friend episode five of come again the podcast for blokes going through ivf struggling with ivf experiencing ivf through their own unique eyes with me with a very, very special beer. <laughs> oh, I've been looking forward to this one. Is Jacob Aldridge. Jacob, how are you, mate? It, good. It's always a pleasure. I, uh, a little bit of a surprise I thought I'd bring along for today. You know, we've been talking a lot about how expensive IVF can be. We shared some figures uh, about our own experiences, crunching some of those numbers. And, and the reality is that does take a bit of an impact on the rest of your life. You know, sometimes you can't have the James Squire, Jack of Spades, Porter... Uh, all of the time, you've got to go and, and, and find a quality brew that might be a, a little bit more manageable on the budget. And uh, I've got to say, when it comes to a uh, good quality, good value brew, uh, nothing beats what I've brought in for us today. Forex Gold. Forex Gold. <laughs> Australia's most popular beer. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes indeed. The yeah. Milton Mango. Um, also, I'd just like to say before I have a sip that uh, the questions don't get old. Who was Glenn McGrath's 500, 500th test wicket? Oh. Marcus Trukothic. Oh, yeah, I would yeah, not have got that. Go. So you can still uh, crack uh, if, that. If, if you want a... Uh, you know, here's, an, here's a timeless one. How many test centuries did Sir Donald Bradman make? 99? No. 120? No. 300? No. <laughs> lower, lower, lower. 10. I feel like once you've been told you've got Hulk sperm, suddenly everything looks bigger for you, mate. Yeah. He made 29 test centuries. Oh, right. And, of course, one very, very famous duck. He made more than one duck, but it was the one at the very, very end that yeah. most people remember. But kept, you know, kept his average to 99 point something. Right? Made him mortal. Made immortal, as they say. And I remember ESPN did a special many years ago on the best sportsmen of all time. And they kind of, they did various different sports that they went through. And they did one on cricket because they were going into emerging markets, you know, when they were expanding out of the US. The most fertile sport. And they said it was very, very difficult to actually build that because nobody gave a shit about who was number one. Like right. the best cricketer of all time is not up for debate. Yeah, right. So it was really a debate about who's number two. Yeah, okay. And, you know, is it Tenduka? Is it well, Viv fuck. Richards? Now that you say that, Keith, I'm like, well, you know, no, it's now those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've got to say, uh, for me, Walter Lindrum. The mighty Walter Lindrum. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got to say, his, what he did to billiards far exceeds <laughs> what Saddam did for, did for cricket. <laughs> Amazing. Under, undervalued, undervalued. Well, look, thank you for supplying the Forest Gold, um, the Milton Mango, Queensland's best. My fishing beer, actually. It's, it's very drinkable. Mm. There is no doubt. You can put away a carton of these and still drive home. No, you can't. Yes, you can. Not. You cannot. Okay, so on today's mm. show, um, look, it's, it's, it's a serious well, one Well, today. and if I can, yeah, drive, drive some of the agenda, Kurt. I've got yeah. to say, you've been dropping a few 
little opens, you know, as I've been sharing some of, you know, what what we went through, mm. you've certainly alluded to some of the big things that you guys went through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think we need to to take some time to really explore that and, and yeah. what, what that was, what happened for you guys and, yeah. and how that how that went, how that impacted you. Yeah, for sure. So um, in my circles, we call it the miscarriage. You know, there are many miscarriages. We had many, but mm, this one is but this the, one is the miscarriage. So look, um, honestly... Prepare yourselves at home for this one. Because grab it's grab like, a Milton Mango or Yeah, six. grab a beer because you might need it to get through it. So it's a pretty horrific story. Um, and to set the scene slightly, like this is well into our IVF journey, like well in. Like this was, I'm going to call it, see, this is this is where I get a little bit patchy about the... the, the sequence of events. The sequence. Well, the, yeah, the sequence of cycles. I'm pretty sure it was our last one. Actually, no, it is our last one. I know that for sure, actually, and I'll tell you why at the end. <laughs> it is our last one. So we'd been through the 10 IUIs. We'd had a whole heap of egg collections that failed. We'd had a couple that didn't fail, um, some transfers that uh, were like chemical pregnancies that we talked about mm -hmm. or a chemical pregnancy, and we had another miscarriage on one of those. But then there was this one. This one was the big one. So... Um, I remember, I remember this vividly because, if if I'm honest about it, this one was the one that 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 sent me into a bit of a cycle of probably depression, um, probably drinking far too much piss at home. Yeah. Even though, I like, you know, I'm enjoying a forex gold now. I look, I don't drink as a, a tenth as much as I like as I did then, right? So, um. It was. I remember this so clearly because we we had the cycle and it was a freeze all. And the doctor was like, "We're going to try a freeze all." Which just to remind people, you you go in, you take that. They took my sperm. They fr they cleaned it and froze it. They took Emma's egg. They froze that. Then Emma got time to for her body to recover mm -hmm. from all those fucking needles and you know the all the pills, pills and, the and all, all those things. Yeah, all those things. So um, anyway, so it was. I think we waited like a month and a half. Something yeah. like that, like after all that, just to get things rolling. Which properly. which is not an enormous gap. No, it's not overly. By standards. But she felt pretty good. Yeah. She felt pretty good. Sorry, sip of beer. Because sometimes, and, and yeah, we you know we flagged that, that Harmony and I were eventually successful. We actually have no idea what freeze all cycle our daughter came from. Yeah, right. Because there were some big gaps in, yep. in our process. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? It's not like they tag them. It's, 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 it's really... <laughs> it's not like catching a fish, bag it and tag it, send it back. It's really helpful because my parents are kind of a little bit too much into numerology. Oh, right. So they're, you know, what's a Millman number kind of shit? And I'm like, oh, right. does that work if she was conceived <laughs> 18 months before she yeah. was transferred, before she was born? Sure. And, and my mother was like... I don't know. I'm like, cool. So, next topic. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, so yes. a month, month and a half. A month and a half. I a think it was recovery. A, it was, if it yeah. wasn't a month and a half, it was two months. Yeah. It's kind of thing. Anyway, so we went in for this transfer, and as we've discussed before, transfer is super simple. Like, well, for blokes, <laughs> super simple. <laughs> it's not bad. Best, best um, three minutes of your life. Yeah. And half of that is working out which magazine to work. Exactly right. So you you watch the little sort of little bright light egg pop into, you know, into Emma's bits and, you know, they're like, you know, don't don't have a hot bath for a few days. Uh, anyway, a couple of weeks later, pee on the stick, you're pregnant. It was like, and like, unlike previous ones, it wasn't jubilation. It was like, okay. Okay, cool. We've, we've cleared Good. that hurdle. Good. Good. Fucking so you should be. <laughs> anyway, um, 
it was that they were like, okay, you got to come in for a scan at six weeks this time. So it was a couple of weeks earlier. Um, and, and worth noting that a transfer is technically two weeks in. Like you, it's, yeah. it's actually impossible to be two weeks pregnant mm. because... That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. They time mm. it from her last period on the assumption that it's a 28-day menstrual cycle, which, of yeah. course, is a big assumption to make. But, yeah, yeah so a six-week... Uh, doesn't mean, okay, we got pregnant at the transfer and yeah. six weeks after that. It's actually only four weeks That's after exactly that. That's exactly right. And, so and you've had two weeks there waiting to pee on the stick. So exactly. it's really, you get pregnant two weeks yeah, later. It's, coming it's quick, in. right? Mm. It's really quick. Um, so, you know, hand in hand, in we go. See our, our uh, fertility specialist um, who I like and hate. Yeah. <laughs> who I like and hate for different reasons. Um, and lo and behold, little, little, little bastards pumping away. Little heartbeat. Beat, beat, beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the yeah, yeah, yeah. 180 beats yeah. a minute is normal. Going like mental, which is important to know because you go like, holy fuck, there's something wrong with this kid's heart. No, <laughs> well, they're exciting that yeah. probe a little bit too much. That's exactly right. They go like the, the clappers. So anyway, so that was awesome. So that was really good. Um, except when he scanned it, you could see the embryo, you could see the heart fucking punching away and everything was really good. And then he said to us, he goes, okay, you guys look, everything's fine, but. But, I'm but, not a racist, but. Yeah, everything's fine, but. Uh, it looks like there's a tiny little hematoma next to the embryo, which is, a, it's, it's a microscopic blood blister. That's basically what it is, right? And he said, happens all the time. Just wanted to point it out because you can see it on the scan there. The reason is, is because when embryos embed themselves into the uterine wall, it's quite violent. Mm. Yeah. Um, he said, it's like punching. It's like, boom. Right? There's a hole which we haven't really explored. Mm. Um, you know, the, the whole battle between embryos punching the walls and the walls getting thicker in this evolutionary kind of thing. Because yeah. you want fit, healthy embryos that can do that. And mm. it's just this, this the butter battle book kind of battle, which is one of the reasons why female humans have you know such thick uterine lining and actually menstruate is yeah. because it's this fucking millions of years of making it hard to get pregnant yeah sure so so anyway he's like yeah so this thing is fucking you know mike tyson in, <laughs> and it's caused a little hematoma we see it all the time most of the time it's fine like okay no worries so it was about a week after that that emma experienced a little bit of bleeding mm. wasn't bad just a little bit but we, of course, shit the bed. We yeah. were like, fuck, fuck. Like, what is this? Um, I called the fertility specialist mm-hmm. and, and got his voicemail. And I'm fucking a call. <laughs> call me back, prick. Call me the fuck back now. And <laughs> anyway, he called me back and he's like, what's going on? And I said, look, there's a little bit of bleeding. He goes, look, of course, it was Friday night at 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. When, when all doctors are home in yeah, bed and sober. When all fertility doctors are on their boats and <laughs> on the yachts. Overlooking Noosa. And um, and anyway, he said, look, it doesn't... Look, I'm not too worried. He said, I'm not too worried. Um, you, you go go to the hospital if you want, but, you know, Emma should just lie down and rest and we can, you know, I can come and see her tomorrow if you like. Anyway, that wasn't happening. We were like, no, we're going to the hospital now. We went to uh, a private hospital at Chermside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is one, I think. It's so uh, you might Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit Northside. Northside. Yeah, yeah they, they, they checked me for concussion not that long ago. Well, there you go. Um, 
no, look, I'm not bagging them, but worst experience of my life in a um, in an emergency ward. I, I ended up getting a massive mea culpa and letters from the board and stuff afterwards wow. saying, like, this is not us. We are changing our, our the way we work. Um, and basically what happened was it was just one of the staff members who was, like, literally manning the desk. And, and literally, for whatever reason, the volume they get there on a Friday night is less than oh. they get at the public next door. The, the place and so was dead. Yeah. The place was dead. There was Which no is not, one not a there. description you no, want for an emergency No, room, no, but, but there was no one in yeah, there. Yeah, my experience right? also. Absolutely no one in there. And I walked in and I said, I think my wife's having a miscarriage, which, fuck, I didn't actually know that. It's just... No, no, no. You're, at the time, there, yeah. you're kind of like, this is happening. And um, <laughs> to be honest, the, the person that was working behind the thing like, was clearly a junior, like clearly did not have experience. And, and they said to me, are you sure you want to be here? Oh. And I was like, yeah, I fucking do because I don't want to wait at, at the other like, mm. places. I just want to get in and yeah. say, and she goes, well, look, we don't really we don't do this here and i was just like are, are you an emergency <laughs> yeah, room like, or are mean? you you know and um anyway so i called our fertility specialist yeah. back and he was like he is yeah that's that's fucked he said get out of there go to the royal yeah said, don't go okay. to prince charles yep yeah go, go to the royal well, the, the royal having a, a lot of experience maternity yeah. ward specialists that royal kind of brisbane and yep. women's hospital for people not within our city or state um this is what they do so we went to the royal awesome so good they wheeled the gear into the emergency. They got her straight in. They lay, lay down like she was chilled. Um, they got her straight, like, got, got the gear straight to mm. her. Straight away, checked. And I was like, thank fuck. And I said, but what? what's the bleeding? And the doctor said, um, he goes, look, I think this hematoma next to it is, is, is hemorrhaging. But it doesn't look too bad. Yeah. He's like, I think it'll clear. It's like, it should clean up. All right. Only small. Um, and at that point, the actual bleeding had, I think it had either stopped or it was near non-existent. And can I just say that the staff there were magnificent. Like the nurse that we had stayed two hours past her shift, shift just yeah. to hang out with them. Um, and the doctor was awesome. And, you know, we went home. All good. Anyway, the next week goes by without any problem and it's like all good, all good, all good. Saw, saw our fertility specialist. He's like, yeah, we're still fucking pumping there. No yeah. dramas at all. Um, and then on, it was literally the Saturday after, so it would have been eight days. It was my mum's retirement party. She'd finished after decades and decades of work. She finally retired. Um you know, everyone was in a great yeah. mood. We went to this amazing restaurant in North Brisbane. And um, anyway, I fuck, this is where it sort of, this is where it really gets difficult. So we're sitting there and the, literally, I remember this because my main dropped in front of me and it was like an awesome like steak and mushroom thing. I was like, yes. Good choice. Yes. Epic red wine. <laughs> so fucking good. They were designated driver. <clears throat> yeah. That's one of the joys of having a pregnant wife. Exactly right. Right. And then, and then I noticed at the other end, Emma got up and went to the bathroom, whatever. But she was there for an exceptionally long time. Yeah. And then mum looked at me and said, because we'd told our mum and dad that, that we were pregnant, yeah. um, but not to tell anyone else. Mm -hmm. No one else knew. No one else knew. And mum was like, is Emma right? And I was like, I fucking, I don't know. And I got up and I went to um, the bathroom and I knocked and Emma said, I'm bleeding again. And I was like, oh, 
fuck? And I was like, is it a lot? And she goes, look, yeah, it feels like it's more than last time. And I was yeah. like, okay, no worries. I said, look, it's probably fine. You know, mm. it's probably this hematoma thing. You know, let's just, let's get the fuck out of here and go and lie down. How is that as a decision? Like, Look, it was because of the week before that yeah. I was a bit more like, like I was a bit more bold about it. I was like, well, you know, this is fine. We're gonna well, well, yeah, yeah. And, and yet also let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. You, but it you, was, you so weren't tempted to go, let's just make it to the end of dinner. No, no, no. Fuck no. I was just like, let's get you. a better husband than me. <laughs> I just, uh, my thinking was, let's just get you horizontal. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just lie you down. So whatever's going on, you know, my, my, whatever's going on, stay in there, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And that's not how it works, by the way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sorry, another delicious beverage of gold. Anyway, so this is where things... Yeah, I said it gets difficult, but this is truly where it gets difficult. So we got home, uh, we lay down, we went to bed, and I kept saying, you know, are you okay, are you okay? And she's like, I don't really know. I think I'm okay, whatever. We both fell asleep. Um, and then I remember this is... Like, I remember this so clearly, and it's actually taken me a little while to kind of control this urge in public as well. But... I remember I woke up because Emma got up and it was about quarter to five in the morning. It was about quarter to five, five o'clock. Anyway, I got up. Sorry, I, I woke up and Emma had gotten up and she had gone to the... We have an ensuite bathroom in our, in our bedroom. And she'd gone to the bathroom and um, it was quiet. And then I heard this like... The only way I can describe it, it was a, it was a splash... But a sizable splash, not like not like a poo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> not like you a get, poo. You got an ensuite bathroom. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can hear knowing, those knowing those ones. Not yeah. like a poo. Uh, <laughs> he says um, it was a sizable splash, but and the thing that got me going was that it was followed by a gasp. <gasps> it was this gasp, and it was Emma, <gasps> like this. And I remember, like, if I wasn't fully awake, I was instantly awake at that point like because it it's something was like clearly wrong and i was just like holy fuck 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 and she was in there going oh my god oh my god oh my god like she was saying that mm. and i'm sitting there going holy fuck what's going on and i was like can i come in can i come in and she's like oh just wait just just wait a second wait 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 and um anyway um she came out of the bathroom and she said to me look obviously something just went down the toilet right i don't like she said i think it was a massive blood clot Mm. and i was like are you sure because that sounded loud like like someone like someone tossing something heavy into water like a heavy rock or like a cricket ball like wow and i was like oh fucking hell what what is that and then emma said look the bleeding appears to have stopped and she goes look i think i've just had a miscarriage i was like okay Okay, and we'd been there, right? We'd been there before, so it was like, okay. So we kind of, we hopped back into bed. We just lay there and held each other mm. for half an hour because we weren't sure. Yeah. We weren't sure and, if that's and, what happened. And what are you going to do at quarter to five on a Sunday We were just morning. making the assumption that mm. that's what's happened. And then, because the bleeding had stopped, um, we decided at about 5.30, I googled um, what time the Marta Hospital here in Brisbane, which is on the south side, a good 40-minute drive from my mm. house has an early pregnancy um, emergency unit. Right. Early pregnancy detection unit or something like that it's called. And I said to Emma, look, things seem to have stopped. Let's get a coffee. Let's casually drive over to there. Let's check in there and just see what the hell's going on. I said, yeah, okay, no worries. 
got up, got dressed, got our coffee. You know, we were quite calm about it because, it, you know, we'd been there, but it was all like, it's the first time it's in a heartbeat. Yeah. So that's a tough one. But we were, we were both probably fretting our asses off. But we were both like, kind of like, fuck, what can we do? Anyway, so we picked up our coffees, we we're driving. And I remember it was about, I'm going to call it that we, we, I live in Sandgate. So we were driving and we were about, I don't know, I'm going to call it halfway. And Emma said, oh, I think I'm bleeding again. I said, oh, okay, um, do you need me to pull over? And she said, no, look, it's okay. I've got a pad in just in case. Yeah. I think it'll be okay. And then like another five minutes, she was like, oh, God, I think I'm really bleeding here. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And um, driving, driving, driving. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to get to hospital as yeah. fast as I can. Yeah, yeah, true. So anyway, I passed the fucking, gone over the bridge, the the, the story, uh, yeah, the story bridge in Brisbane, um, went through the valley, story bridge. Um, got over to Kangaroo Point, which is kind of like five minutes from the hospital, and that's when um, Emma, like, not screamed, but started. The only it was panic. It was pure panic because her voice. Her she was going <laughs> like this, and I looked across. I'm driving. I looked across, and blood was exploding out of the top of her jeans, like popping. Like like it's like someone severed a fucking artery. Right, it's like it's like popping, Fuck. and I'm like, "How is that?" Um, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the physics of yeah, how like, that would even happen. Yeah, right. And I'm sitting there, what, what the fuck is going on? And I think, like, I mean, I think it was because of she was panicking. It was like she had her pants were full yeah, of blood, and because she was panicking, it was like contracting and and filling, and like it was yeah. pushing it over, right? And and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I I was sh- like I was. Like like panicking, yeah. and I'm like, I've got to fucking. Well, and you're and you're doing sixty k and I'm driving an down Main Street, and yeah. I'm like, I've got to hold this together. I got to fucking hold this together. And Emma said, I need you, I need you to pull over. Like I need you to pull over now. And I pulled over at this night owl, which is if you know Kangaroo Point, you'll know it because it's across the road from yeah. like the Gabba and the Maccas and the KFC. Anyway, you've been drunk after a, a cricket game <laughs> or a Lions game. And um, I ran into the to the fucking um, night owl, and I grabbed pads and. There's a subway in there, I think. Yeah, that's, the one, that's the one. Yeah. There's a subway. So I grabbed pads and I grabbed um, like pla- like plastic garbage bags because she was like, I'm sitting in yeah. like blood here. Put like, and I was like, what the fuck do we do here? And she was like, just let's go to the Maccas because I can go to the bathroom. Yep. And I can clean up and I, I can have a look. And I was like, fuck. <sighs> right. So I drive over to the Maccas and, and, and it's fucking Sunday morning. Yeah. At... 7 a.m. The worst people in Brisbane <laughs> are at this Macca's because they're all hungover and they're all still drunk. Anyway, so Emma goes into the bathroom. She was in there forever and I I was standing, like, I must have looked like a manic person because I was standing outside the door going, are you are you okay? I, like, I'm, I couldn't go in there. Mm. And I'm, I'm like, are you okay? You okay? And she's just like, oh, look, just, just, I don't know. I just don't know. I just, and she kept saying, I don't know. Anyway, she came out and she said, we just need to get to hospital. Mm. And I was like, all right, let's fucking go. So yeah. I put the plastic bag down. Yep. She sat in the plastic bag. We got to hospital. Um, and um, we, <laughs> if you've ever been to the Marta, the parking's fucked. But um, <laughs> you can't park on the street. It's so hard. And then so, anyway, we parked up in the, in the thing. And like we we're both just pale, and and she's like, I can still, I can feel it. It's still happening. It's still bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. Anyway, I was like, okay, okay. And I, I, I went around to the passenger door, and I lifted her out of the car, and I was like holding her up, mm. and 
I fucking don't know where this thing is in the hospital. Like, I, I don't know where within where to go. you're actually going. Yeah. And the signage is, the hospitals are fucked. You know, they're so yeah, hard well, then to they're get enormous around. And, yeah, yeah, so hard to get around. And um, anyway, we're walking. You have to walk down this hill. Turns out it was next to the car park. Like, no signage. Well, there probably, maybe there is. I don't know. I don't want to fact check that. But <laughs> anyway, we're walking down this hill. And I'm holding Emma up. And she's going, she's making these noises. She's just like, oh. I can feel like I haven't like she goes. I feel like my insides are falling out of me. Like that's what it felt like to her. And I was holding it. And I said, "Just don't look down." And so as we were walking along, like she was leaving bloody footprints. Oh my god! On the on the sidewalk, yeah, yeah. yeah. The we walked down to this crossing and went into this main foyer of the hospital. And that was at that point that Emma just said, "I need a bathroom. I need a bath." So we found this bathroom in the foyer. She's in there. I'm fucking out here just I I must have been I must have looked like the most useless fucking Well but deadheaded To be fair oh I was You are the most like yeah, you know yeah. what the fuck can you do I was out of my element put it that way I, I know what to do in a lot of situations and this was not one of them Anyway so I'm fucking st- I'm just sort of pacing and and this woman came over to me and she was obviously a, a nurse or a staff member and um she goes to me are you all right and I said, I, I was kind of speechless for a second. And then I said, look, I think my wife is having a miscarriage in that toilet <laughs> right there. And fucking go time. She had this phone out of her pocket. And within, I'm going to call it within 30 seconds, they had a be- a gurney, yeah. two doctors, three nurses. Fucking Emma was out and she was on this bed. And they were looking at her and, like, it was in, all happening in yeah. the foyer, right? All happening in this foyer. And um, Emma looked terrible. Like, she was grey. Like, horrific. Anyway, this woman was like, it's okay. We're going to get you up to this pregnancy, mm-hmm. Early, mm-hmm. early detection, early pregnancy issues. Got up there, got into this thing and we were, we were she was lying down they got her in a gown and they were lying in this room and by this point and and, and it must have happened so suddenly but by this point um the bleeding stopped it just stopped suddenly just like this yeah. and to me it was like okay so oh, she's thank, yeah thank fuck just like, like last week yeah like thank fuck it's over but like we're fully sat thinking you know we've this is a massive miscarriage like yeah, well, that, is, that much blood. We've that lost early, everything, you, right? You've been through it before. Yeah, you've got and to make that we've left fucking... We've exploded blood in the car. We've got blood down the footpath. There's just... It's just... The state of that Macca's must have been horrific. Like, it was it was a murder scene. It to looked, be fair, I've been to that McDonald's yeah. at 7am on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. exactly, right? Anyway, so we got in there and um, the doctor came in and she was awesome. Like, she was a brilliant doctor. She was just, like, so calm and calmed us both down. And we both looked like shit and all that sort of stuff. And she had a look and she said, look, the cervix is shut. So that's good. She said, because when miscarriages happen, the cervix, that, it's designed to go, see ya. Yeah. Right? So she said, "That's sh- it's shut, it's good. And she she chucks the um, the scanner on. And she's like, look, I can't see anything. She goes, saying that, this isn't my area of expertise. I'm just, I'm a doc, I'm a, you know. I, I, and and it is quite a specialised, from what I understand, yeah, emergency like, rooms, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she's like, look, I can't see a heartbeat, I can't see anything at all. Everything just seems very dark. And we we're like, okay. And she goes, look, the cervix is shut. If I were you guys, I'd take an hour to get some food, yeah, especially into Emma, get some food. They took some blood samples mm-hmm. off her. Um, 
And they said, okay, just you need to just go and see your fertility specialist tomorrow. So we called, I called them, him right then and there, and I was like, this has happened. And he's like, okay, I'll cancel everything in the morning, come in first thing. Yeah. Anyway, so and all <laughs> we'd had a fuck couple of hours. It was it was so traumatic. It was so traumatic. All Emma wanted was Montezumas. <laughs> Good Mexican? Yeah. Well, uh, it was. For, 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 uh, for local... <laughs> okay, wow. So, yeah, local listeners will know Montezuma's Mexican restaurants. The rest of the world will know Montezuma's Revenge of Syphilis, <laughs> which may have an impact on uh, fertility, but yeah. not in this case. So she's craving dodgy Mexican. Yeah, yeah. So And I was, like, not in any... Like position to disagree. Yes. So we went to Kedron. We're <laughs> halfway home, and we got we got the most horrific. We waited five minutes for it to open because it was ten a.m. And Emma got the most horrifying looking plate of burritos and beans. They're delicious, but just you know, looks like like murder. It's it's my kind of Mexican. It's, it's very, It's very stodgy. Good shit. It's, yeah, it's like, very yeah, stodgy. Yeah, a lot of cheese. Very stodgy. A lot of, so a lot of sauce. anyway, got home. Fair to say the day was extremely horizontal. It was very calm, lying down, you know. Um, went to bed, went to sleep. Uh, went to the doctors the next day and he was like, all right, let's have a look. And he puts the scanner on and he goes, that embryo is still in there, but it's not alive. Yeah. And we're like, how is that possible? And he's like, well, our little hematoma ain't so little. So it's... The dark passenger, I call yeah. it, mm. has exploded. Like, you know, it's it's hemorrhaged. Massive yeah. hemorrhage. Massive hemorrhage. And he's like, your he said to Emma, he goes, Your uterus is full of blood. Like you are full of blood right now. And he said, It's really dangerous because it can get infected yeah. and it can uh, it can affect future fertility, right? He said, We're taking you in now to do another DNC. So it was like, we didn't expect this. We thought it was all no, over. No, no. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought um, you were just going to get the, the, yeah. the bad news and then, yeah. and then get on with your that's day. Exa- that's and there's exactly more right. to come. Yeah, so Emma went straight in and they did another DNC straight away. Same fucking story. And I talked to the doctor afterwards. He said, yeah, that, that the embryo was still there, but it was basically yeah, it was choked. Yeah. Right. And um, he said, but also he was like, it must have, we must have lost a bit of, like it's almost like it broke. Yeah. The embryo almost broke because he's like, it wasn't all there, like from this <laughs> thing. And here's the rub. Mm. This is the big one. So my wife and I have the same GP. Anyway, I had been seeing her a bit because mental health issues at the time, yeah. like cause, no, all about fertility. And and the Australian government has a great you know program where yeah. they can support and, and yeah, fund exactly, that. Right? Some specialists now, I, will refer you to Full places. disclosure, I fucking did not use that. I, I should have. I Emma and I have discussed this. We were so stupid to not use the, yeah. the mental health services during this time. So if you even have the inkling at home that you might need it, just do it anyway. Just fucking do it anyway because it's, it's well worth it. So I went and saw my my GP a week later after all this and um, I explained to her what had happened and she was just as pale as I was mm. while I was discussing it and she goes, oh, they did a blood test at the MARTA and I was like, yeah, yeah, they took a quick blood but and I was like, yeah, we didn't even, we didn't yeah, even was, think about that? the results. Yeah, like yeah, the blood's yeah. on the floor, it wasn't, you know, who cares about stuff coming out of her arm? And um, the GP go, brings up Emma's results because we've got the same GP yep. and she's looking at it and she looks at me and she goes... Is is Emma okay? I was like, oh look, it's she seems okay now. Like mentally, no. Yeah. 
but physically she seems all right now. And she well, goes, and mentally within the realm of normal, given yeah, yeah, yeah like like she, you know, she physically was like fuck. To be honest, after going through that, I was amazed she was as good as she was. Yeah, and and the doctor goes to me. She goes, I I I just don't quite understand what I'm looking at here. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, these blood results are not compatible with someone who's alive. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And she goes, when did they take this blood? And I was like, I was like in the mid, like, like we were just, yeah, when yeah. we got there, things had just snapped shut and she got the blood test. It was like all within minutes. And she's like looking at, cause she, and the thing that made me really panic was that she took, she was quiet for 20 seconds while she was looking at this shit. Like, anyway, and I, and she goes, look, the, Emma needs iron now. Now. <laughs> like you, she, Well, she has lost, yeah, like she for said, all the blood you talk yeah, about ending up, she's so, lost a lot into Yeah, and she wow. said, she goes, I am amazed they didn't transfuse her there, but obviously... Either I or we didn't do a good enough job of saying what had happened, mm, or, mm. Where, or either that, or she looked all right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, she looked all right, and um, anyway, so I was a little like I that that is actually to me that that moment is the one. Yeah. Um, and so we talked to our fertility specialist about it, and he had a look. And he said, no, I fucking called him. That's right. Oh. Sorry, I called him and I was like, I've just talked to my GP about Emma's bloods. Have you seen them? And he goes, oh, no, I haven't. He goes, I'm in front of my desk right now. And he brings them up and, he, and same fucking reaction, quiet at the other end of the phone. And he said, has she, she taken, like, <laughs> to his credit, very calm. Is she taking iron supplements? Is she, is she you know, like straight away. Yeah. She needs iron. Basically, like fucking. Same, same. Anyway. Advice. So... The thing that gets me the most about that, and I think we can probably take a quick break after this. The thing that gets me the most about this is we talked about it at the start that I kind of got dragged kicking and screaming into this process because yeah. I was always like, look, we'll be right. We'll, it'll happen. Yeah, if it it'll, happens, you know, it happens. If it yeah, doesn't. You know, it'll be fine. And um, as it went along, and to me, you know, it was an, the money was an issue because I was like, you know, like, fuck, we could buy another house with this. Or like, you know, and I know that sounds cold, but at the same time, it's also realistic. But as it got along, the, it stopped being about what I could buy with that money mm. otherwise and more about I am paying for my wife to go through this. And then when once that was in my head, and then this, the miscarriage and happened. Then, yeah. The only thing I could think of was that at any time I could have snapped that off and said, we're not spending another cent on mm. this anymore. Like I could have said, I'm done. Yep. Yeah. Which I was, I was actually was. And by proxy, for me, mentally, I was like, I've basically funded my wife's demise. And, and that's what I take from that reaction. Mm. Yeah. Is... I'm following the story and, and hearing it for the first time. And, you know, I'm focused on that, that embryo, mm. baby, however you want to view it, and the, the life and death situation for it, which no doubt was what is going on for you and Emma in, in that point as well, mm. without even really acknowledging that 
that it was a life and death situation for her. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the only thing, like, for the last... So, the only thing that really gets me now about IVF, apart from the fact that it costs a lot, mm. was that I just felt like an extremely... I felt weak. I was like, I should have... Like, I funded... We funded your death. Like, you're, like essentially... Yeah. Like you are you like you are so lucky to be here. You have no idea like well she obviously has a great idea of how lucky she is to be here, but but for me I couldn't I couldn't get past that. I really couldn't. I, I could not get past the idea that I was just throwing like money throwing cash at this thing. Have another go. Have another and it was irresponsible. Like to me, I was just like, What sane person does this? But that's therein is the answer. You're not necessarily thinking straight when you're in IVF. It's true. So um, to finish this story and potentially have a quick break, to, to explain the extent of um, what that event did to me, and look, it's, it's, I'm saying this, it did it to me. I have no doubt there are relics out there that have similar or less serious or more serious experiences that were going through the exact same mental health challenge. With it, I was on a flight from Dallas to Sydney. I'd been at a conference and I was half asleep. I was sort of, (laughs) the lights were out and I was kind of dozing as you do on a plane and be fucked if, I I don't know if it was a dream or whether someone made the noise, but that gasp that Emma made at the start of that story happened. It was either in my head or someone behind me sneezed and it sounded like a... (gasps) And I fucking sprung out of my chair, like pa- like panic, full panic, panic attack. attack. Ran like barreled a, a, a hostie out of the way. Got to the bathroom and was just holding the walls, like. And it took me an hour in that bathroom to settle down, to calm down. I got back to my seat and I ordered about fucking ten Jack Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the reality that that you can deal with with going through this stuff you know so um that's that's my story of uh the miscarriage i think i need another sip and definitely need a break yes think about infertility we don't often think about men but men can play a huge role so let's explore that topic further and look at some of the factors that influence Hassam, what role do men play when it comes to infertility? They play a big role and we can see that a third of the couples who present with infertility are due to male factor and another third due to female factor and the other third is due to combined factors. So they contribute uh, to a big majority of the causes of infertility. And what about some of the, the lifestyle factors? What do men need to be aware of? There are many lifestyle factors that uh, can be tackled, uh, like smoking, alcohol, uh, maintaining a normal... I'm not sure I can listen anymore. Then. I, I, what, what role do men have on fertility? I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. we're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. away from the pelvic pinocle to, yeah. you know... Look, we're not required. <laughs> it could be but someone else's as the, here. As they say, once they get a machine that can mow the lawn reliably... <laughs> 
What point? Yeah. What point are we? Um, no, I added that in today because I just thought I was looking around the, the state of men's information mm. on fertility, and that's it. There's not much <laughs> else, to be honest. There's like, I mean, I'm not saying we should be focused. I'm just saying that you know, there's obviously room for blokes to um, have a forum or have some kind of support, and which you know, officially they do, but unofficially probably it's a bit few and far between. But like, I don't think. I think the blokes are being trivialised in this a little bit, um, a yeah. little bit. And I, I'm not t- saying, you know, look at me, look at me. I'm not. I'm just saying, like that. That's almost embarrassing. <laughs> that yeah. is embarrassing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and that that's the level of focus and and support that we've got out there. Mm. And the reality is, supporting the male experience through fertility treatment through you know, the IVF battle journey experience, it doesn't detract from the experience of the women going through it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, it's funny. Um, so um, I had a doctor say to me, um, a female doctor actually say to me, um, what what order do you need to look after yourselves in during this experience? And I was like, oh, I wasn't sure if it was a challenge. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. A trick question. Well, trick I always, question. you know, yeah, I catch no. a lot of planes. You apply your own oxygen mask before helping yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. And she goes to me, she goes, you have to look after yourself first and then Emma. And I said, what? Why? And she goes, because if you're fucked, yeah. she won't make it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, good. that's, a that's good, good advice. That's a really good point. So to take, and to be honest, that probably hearing that from someone who knew their shit was um, <laughs> really good because it actually like, it made me go, right, I need to stop fucking drinking my problems away here. Yeah. Not that I was, look, I sound like I was a fucking alcoholic. I definitely was not. Well, you, my, you and I have both been journalists, okay? <laughs> yeah. Our level of alcoholism yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, we it, got a high, bu- it, high bar. It's up there. But but I definitely would escape to, you know, 10 beers. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like if I had to. And it was mostly around thinking of, you know, what we'd gone through and those kind mm. of things. So, um, but yeah, I, I hearing that clip, like almost, almost like, is laughable now having you know being in a post IVF world for me um the other thing I wanted to bring up in this episode was um talking about um in particular another podcast actually um the the ladies out there would know Mamma Mia quite well a well-known a very famous uh media company here in Australia and um they've just released a podcast um called Get Me Pregnant and it's it's obviously focused at women, which is fine. But I have an issue with this because it's actually sponsored by like it's it's must be an umbrella company, but like it's got like the name of like three or four different IVF clinics on it. Oh right, it's yeah. get get me sober, sponsored by Forex yeah, yeah, Breweries, yeah, like, Wine Nathan and Castlemaine. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> and and, and um, to me, it stinks. But to be honest, the podcast is probably great. They do good work there. Like they do some some good work. Good work. Um, but to hear that, you know, like, I don't like the idea of IVF clinics controlling the flow well, of information. Well, and we talked about, you know, going right the way back to you sharing the, your initial experiences with the, the IUI, uh, going through 10 rounds of that before mm. discovering that Emma's tubes are fucked. Yeah. Medical term. Yeah. Uh, and you can't help. And we we went through nine rounds of IVF. Mm. And, and absolutely, you do reach a point where, you know, I believe maybe a fact check you know half of all people who are successful within the first three rounds once you get to six rounds seven rounds all of that money that you're throwing at it you do start to go how objective is the medical advice i'm getting from this when i say 
should we go for another round? Are we up for it? Is there a chance? Yeah. Is the specialist sitting opposite me mm. saying yes because she genuinely thinks there is? Is she saying yes because she is being nice and doesn't want to be the person in this three-way relationship mm. to make the decision to stop? Um, or is she saying it because she's like, well, you know what? i got another overseas holiday coming up. You know, mm. wouldn't mind a new Alexis. You yeah. know, those kind of things. Yeah, and, you, yeah. and you don't know. And then when you hear that... Yeah, the flow of information mm. is coming through the IVF clinics. Mm. Uh, of course they have a bias in what they want yeah. you to do. And, and doctors in general, and, and I think fertility specialists in particular, because it is such an emotional topic, mm. they have an interventionist first approach. Mm. And the reality is you are not going to go into an IVF clinic and present with some of these symptoms and say, what should I do? And have them go you know what, another six months, just relax, go yeah, on a holiday, have yeah, some red yeah. wine. They're going to want to get in, they're going to want to yeah. cut you open and they're going to charge you for that privilege. Yeah, yeah. And there is no way in the world they can be 100% objective. You go into it, you've got to know that, but, yeah, when when you hear that they're the ones sponsoring the information, yeah. um, maybe I'm just bitter because they haven't thrown money at us. No, but also, <laughs> no, I will not fucking take their money. But, I mean, saying that, I'm not. it's not like I'm anti. I'm not anti-IVF. I'm not. No, not no, in no. any way, shape or form. Um, the, the thing about them controlling the flow of information, I, I, I fucking do this for a living. I am actually a content marketer by the way. I love it when brands take an honest approach to information. To sharing like, information. Because exactly we're all going to be researching. We're exactly all used right. to that now. Yeah, and they, you know, brands that do it are quite successful, right? But here's the the rub is that the the stats can be just massaged so easily. <laughs> like especially with IVF clinics. I was on a I was on an IVF clinic um, website the other day and they said success rate for IVF is sixty two percent. And what they meant was that our success rate for IVF is 62%. But then it's like, that is fucking high. Yeah. That is yeah, really yeah, high, yeah. right? And then it's like, well, what are the other conditions around yeah, that yeah. stat? Terms like, who did you leave out? Up. That was, you know, for, for healthy women under 32. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who are in the first, you know. Yeah. And, and a lot of those clinics, as we've talked about with the bulk billers, will, once you start to get complicated, once you start to get a few rounds in, they, they will stop serving you stop treating you it's yeah, not with, right. you know, it's not within their wheelhouse or their specialty or, mm. or within their budget and their statistics yeah. to, to serve you in that situation and, and and thinking about it like i talked about it with uh, a couple of episodes ago about um you know we had one fertility doctor that was like you won't go past two or three rounds with me yeah if you can't if we don't get you pregnant then that it can't happen that was his yeah. like thinking yeah. which I, I was like fuck yeah yeah yes yeah. <laughs> that's what i like but um, look, we're actually getting very close to time. I think I took up a fair bit of time with that story. And, and um, thank you for it. Oh no, look, um, it's actually quite. I'm going to say cathartic slash, you know, slash mm, relieving to do it out loud every now and then um, because you know, like it it has taken a while to get past that thing. But what I would like to say just before we finish up is that um, something happened after that moment uh, and it changed our lives and I would like to go into that in the next episode <laughs> briefly. Boy, when we called this come again, <laughs> we weren't lying. I know. Please do come again. In the quiet words of the Virgin Mary, come again. <laughs>